He's our Aussie correspondent, normally based in Sydney, but for the past few weeks we've been following his journey around Australia, or the southern bit of it. Anyhow, he's gone all the way to Western Australia, and now he's making his way back home. Today we find him about a couple of hundred kilometres away from the South Australia border. Chris, you've been talking about, as you've driven around these small rural towns in Australia, how many headers, combine harvesters, are sitting out in yards waiting to be sold. Yes, I'd be amazed. You know, I mean, certainly the crops have been fantastic. The canola crops look absolutely fantastic. For the uninitiated, just looking at the picturesque sight of yellow to the horizon of a really thick canola crop, nothing looks better. But there's been a massive change from last year on instead of purchasing tractors, they all seem to be... Last year, they, there was about $2 billion worth of tractors sold, about 19,000 new tractors, which is the biggest since the 80s. But now this year, they're down about 18%. But header sales are massive. And I just noticed anecdotally, driving through the towns, you come to a little... A little town, you know, in the middle of the wheat areas over here in Western Australia, there'll be 20 headers lined up in the front yard of the of the dealership. And these things are worth over a million dollars a copy. In fact, I was talking to a former employee of mine who now works for the one of the major header um, cotton harvester sellers up in Queensland. He sold 70 cotton harvesters this year. They're $1.6 million each. They don't know what to do with the money up there. So uh, cotton prices have been good now for two or three years. Um, wheat is looking good everywhere except in New South Wales, where they're, they're definitely into this El Nino thing at the moment. Um, and, uh, yeah, the machinery salespeople, I think, are, are really having a feast over here, Joe. Well, let's move from growing cotton to growing rice, because I know you do a bit of that uh, where the wa- when the water's available. Now, this Indian rice ban might be bad for the world, but it could be good for your rice growers, providing, of course, they can get some water. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, rice is only grown in Australia in the event that there is basically floodwaters coming down the Murray and that they can put it in. Having said that, Australian rice producers are the most efficient users of water in growing rice in the world. They develop crops that can work on that. They've also, their management of the resource of irrigation is very accurate. And while, from a world point of view, they're talking about a doom loop as uh, the number of hungry people gets goes up faster than any UN group can assist them uh, because the prices are at a 12-year high for rice. And now India has banned the exports of all rice except basmati rice because they're short on rice. Plus you've got the Ukraine uh, situation, meaning that cereal grains are in short supply as well. We're looking at a massive potential effects um, on, on Asia and, and on famine generally in the world, which... I I think everyone's concerned about. But in our little fledgling rice market down here, we're really not going to make any difference to the, the world situation. We're certainly looking at making boom times in the rice that we produce, and we ship as largely as specialty rice up to Asia um, from Rice Growers uh, Cooperative, which is called Cop Rice these days, down uh, along the Murray. And in fact, I'm visiting, going to be visiting them in the last week going through here. They're, they're clients of mine just to have a chat with them about uh, how they're going to handle their crop. Um, and uh, because it is going to be, I think, worth uh, a lot of money this year, Jamie. Aussies are going gaga over the Women's World Cup, the FIFA Women's <laughs> World Cup. Who have the Matildas got on the quarters? 
Well, that they were going to be facing France, which is obviously clearly one of the world great teams. Um, and uh, France is, you know, I think that's going to be a formidable opposition. But we said that about Canada as well, um, and yet they flogged Canada. So I think what they're really riding the crest of a support wave. No one believe the number of people who are following um, this uh, World Cup series. Even the overseas competitors have never seen crowds like this for women's uh, soccer. Um, and we're seeing that so much so that for this next game against France, they're talking about shutting off the Olympic Stadium, was then called, now called the Accord Stadium, um, not to watch an actual game, but just to put a screen up to watch them as the overflow um, from from the people who obviously can't get up to watch it, it'll watch it live. So uh, it's quite amazing the following it's had. They're riding this crest of a wave, and uh, and the bookies have certainly not cut them out of the possibility of getting right through this competition, Jamie. OK, hey, Chris, I'm out of time. No time for comment, unfortunately, on Michael Hooper, who, in my mind, is the only Aussie who would even look at making an all-black side. He's not in your World Cup squad as yet. Close but no cigar last weekend in Dunedin, Chris. You enjoy your travels back across Australia as you head home to Sydney. No worries, Jamie.